Welcome to the Grand Hill Chronicles podcast. I am your host, Don Bishop, writing as T.S. Pedramon, and we'll come back to that later. This is my daughter, Rose. She really wanted to be with us today, and we said that would be fine. This will be a narration episode. I haven't recorded one of those in nigh on three years. Uh, back in 2020, during the pandemic, I, I did a bunch of writing the Grand Hill Chronicles, and I recorded some podcasts. I imagined this podcast as containing narration uh, as well as some world building. Um, expect a world building episode next month, probably an old conversation from three years ago that just never got released. Uh, but today I will read to you. And I'm going to try to do this episode in one take for the updates and back matter discussion after the narration. But I'll record the narration once the kids are in bed to prevent extra noise on the recording. You can hear uh, my wife and the toddler upstairs making noise, and that's fine for just our discussion, but for the narration, I really want to get into it and, and experience some fiction with you. Uh, today, I won't be reading to you from the Grand Hill Chronicles. Instead, I'll be reading something I've been calling a short story, but it's more of a concept flash fiction. Uh, it's barely 1,200 words, and no action actually occurs in the window of the narration, but it takes an idea I had in 2021 and tries to make you feel what the narrator feels. And I hope I can make you feel something interesting while you listen. Uh, Rose, did you have any thoughts about that? Yeah. Um, if I know what you're talking about, if I do, I think you're talking about the Arbot story, correct? Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so I had a little robot figurine that my friend we'll, let me. We'll come back to it later. And its name was the Arbot. So I thought he was naming the story after my little robot. That's true, yeah. But I didn't. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain the name. Actually, I won't explain during during uh, this discussion. It's in the story. The explanation for the name Arbot is in the story. But yeah, I wasn't naming it after the letter R, which is kind of funny that way. Um, So I hope that you can feel what what I kind of feel while I while I read it, uh, but first our updates. Uh, so uh, big life updates first of all, right? So after a lot of weighing and planning, uh, you know, careful planning, um, and charting out timelines, I quit my job in the future, uh, meaning that I'm I'm under a a long term contract and. I decided to terminate that contract when it is currently up, um, but that's like next year. So I still have definite income for now. And when when the time comes to, to say goodbye to my current employer, I maybe I won't have enough creative income from my, my books. Uh, maybe it won't be there yet, and that's okay. I'll, I'll stay in cyberspace and earn some bucks for the family that way. And my daughter wants to say something. Um, oh, yeah, she writes. Yeah. She does write. I'm working on a children's mystery novel sort of thing that I have been since, like, second grade. And then I also started a project recently that my sister had the idea for a story about seven little stars. And I made seven stickers in the shape of stars. And so I made the storyboard, and I've made some watercolor paintings to go with it. And now I'm doing edits to the text. Yeah. I think it's... I, I haven't read her story, but she's read me little parts of it. And I think she'll be good. Um, 
Other updates. I recently celebrated my birthday, and my other daughter made me some beautiful artwork. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the artwork here right now. Uh, if you are listening to audio only, I'm, I'm looking around for the artwork itself. But if you're listening to audio only, um, it's beautiful. It's so cute. I loved it. It was. It was. It made me so happy to receive. It. And she, she does this colorful stuff, and she folds it up and puts it in an envelope and gives me the envelope, and she's all happy. And I loved it. It was very sweet. Yes. Um. Here's the storyboard. She does I was some, talking about. She does her own creating this as is, well. This is just the rough, rough draft of all the pages, and then I might add another page between here and here. But I've done the the actual paintings for all of them. Now I'm yeah I'm working on the words as I said. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I got a card for my aunt. Thank you. And I got uh, this nifty utility pen for my parents. I mean, it's just it's a pen, right? You should. But it has seen a ruler it. on it. It has a level. Um, you take it apart, a and there's a screwdriver. A yep, it has a flashlight on the back. I Pretty want cool that. pen. And I had some me time, which I really enjoyed. In fact, I had the day off of work, and I feel like I had, uh, I had a glimpse of what my life like be might be like as an independent author, and I liked that glimpse. I liked that glimpse, um, and it occurred during the during this period of time, of of decision when my wife and I were making this decision to to do this stuff and and say goodbye to my current uh, employer when the time comes. Um, so it was nice to have that glimpse. Uh, so I, I, I'm sure that I'll like it. I just need to generate the income. That's the challenge. Um, so other updates. I think last time I mentioned my pen name of T.S. Pedramon. I, I might have said Solmi Pedramon. That is true. Uh, but I have decided to express it as T.S. Pedramon. Um, because Solmi is an entirely made-up name, so is Pedramon, uh, and... Is it more just believable? T.S. And yeah, because I'm, I'm going to do not only fantasy and fantasy worlds, yeah. but I'm going to do some science fiction as well. So we'll do the, the um, initials. Uh, so T.S. Pedramon and the Grand Hill Chronicles. Uh, why did I put the Grand Hill Chronicles there? You want to say something quick? We got to keep it moving because we've already been going six minutes. And I'm yeah, trying okay. To get to the narration. You can, you can keep going. But no, if you have a comment. Uh, okay. yeah. So the T. S. Pedramon is because Solmi is the middle name, but he uses that instead of the first one. Also, I've been working on pseudonyms as well, and I came up with. Two, one of them I don't remember right now. The other one is Robin Avery. If you did notice the aviary part in there, that was on purpose. Hmm. That's it. Um, other updates. I have, I'm have. i continuing to publish Grand Hill Chronicles chapters on Wattpad and Royal Road. It was something I had already begun last time that I mentioned. I'm, I'm continuing that. Uh, tomorrow when this podcast comes out as long as I'm like I said I'm trying to do it in one take because I'm trying to push it out quick um, but tomorrow there will be another chapter of the Grand Hill Chronicles published on Wattpad and Royal Road now the I also created a Substack page and I'm publishing there on Substack the current existing con just 
talking about kind of uh, intellectual property and and what is publicly available. Um, so what is publicly available for the Grenhill Chronicles? That portion of the story uh, is intended to be perma-free. Like, and and to clarify, I'm talking about access, perma-free access. It still remains my intellectual property to do with what I want with it. Um, so don't go jacking my characters and putting them in your stories without talking to me. Um, so what I'm currently doing, I'm, I'm doing kind of a first draft review and posting the reviewed versions on on Wattpad, Royal Road, and Substack. Um, and so there will be another chapter of that tomorrow. And this portion of the story that I've already told and is already live on thorn.link slash grindhill will remain uh, free to access and consume. And I intend to write further in the story entire books, um, which will not, will probably not be perma-free. Because that's the whole idea. I want to earn some money off of it. Um, did you have anything to say about that? Uh, sort of. So, Mama says that I sometimes look sad when I'm, like, thinking. So, if I looked sad in this video, I'm not actually sad. That's just my not happy, not sad, just neutral expression. Hmm. Thank you. So, um... Another update. So I, I have published a short story online. Um, we'll call it Arbot. Um, when I read you the story, the same story that I'm going to read you today, uh, you'll you'll hear the rationale behind the, the name. So I published it a few days ago, Saturday, as T.S. Pedramon on thorn.link slash Grendhill with a password. You need a password to to access it. Uh, I published it on Substack, on ko-fi or, or coffee.com. It's ko-fi.com. I published it on Patreon and on Vela. And actually, if you read Kindle Vela, that's a that's another platform for serials, uh, but it's not it's not for all free serials like like Royal Road. And Wattpad is mostly free. It has some selected paid stories, but Kindle Vela uh, is, is for serials, and, and the first three chapters of every Kindle Vela story are free to the reader, so actually you, you could read it for free on Kindle Vela, because it's there, and it's only one segment. Um, so it's there. You can read it on Kindle Vela, um, review it, rate it, whatever, if you like it, and... Now, uh, another Wait. next update is Gohamisp. I've been writing Gohamisp a little bit. Uh, so at this point, I'm 15,500 words in so far, but I have more news about Gohamisp that I'll, I'll get to after the narration segment. That'll be in our, our back matter discussion. Yes, Rose? Um. Actually, no. Um, can I... No, that's, that's before the... That's before the. Can I see up again? No, there there will be some discussion after the. Um. So Gohama. After the. In case you haven't narration. watched the other videos, guild of holders of marginally useful superpowers. Like, well, let's not get into it right they're now. They're not really cause... useful, but they are. So. Yeah. I I think it's fun. I think it's great, but um, <laughs> we'll talk more about it later. So 
Um, more updates. AI is kind of cool and fun. So there's an AI uh, artificial intelligence um, model or whatever called Stable Diffusion, and I installed it on my computer at home here, and it's it it brings hilarity and awesomeness. I I made it produce some pictures of cats and parrots in dapper three piece suits uh, and wearing armor, not at the same time. That would be um, crazy. Made a nice little house in the woods. Uh, it also spits out some disturbing images. Uh, just look at the hands. The AI doesn't know how many fingers people are supposed to have. So sometimes, sometimes it has like... too many. Sometimes it has uh, like three. And sometimes um, it comes out like this or something. Yeah. And as a clarinetist, I note that it has no idea what a clarinet is supposed to look like. It looks like a trombone and saxophone combined. Uh, combined with, I don't know, lots of different things. Yeah, with a flute and uh, um, lots of others. Yeah. Well, so another thing with, with AI, I, I tried out ChatGPT online. Now, um, kind of changing the tone here on AI. So I've, I've emailed back and forth some with a seasoned independent author, and uh, he, he offered some help, and he asked me to produce a blurb for what I was currently writing, so I sent him a blurb for Gohamas. Um, but you know, life was really busy trying to figure things out. Life was really busy and I was sick. And in the end, I took a shortcut. I used ChatGPT, and I, I had heard the AI was a, was, could be pretty good at blurbs. I described my story to it. ChatGPT spat out a blurb and I gave that a makeover. You know, I, I, I didn't just copy and paste. Now I told him when, when I emailed him back, I told him, exactly what I did to get there. I said, I, you know, I cheated a little bit. I leaned on ChatGPT, then I gave it a makeover. And he gave me some feedback, like actual feedback on the blurb itself. Uh, sent me back a Word document with, um, with tracked changes, giving me annotations and corrections to show me how to improve it further. But then he said, don't use AI. AI providers are all being sued. I wouldn't want to have that stuff I wouldn't want to have stuff that was AI-assisted that would have to be pulled down and reworked because the court ruled that it was a copyright violation. How would it, this be, a, guy, how would it be a copyright violation if it's you about your own train, story? You have to train the AI. So you, 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 you model a neural network, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, and I am not an AI expert. You model a neural network, uh, you have... Um, these nodes communicating with each other, and then you send you send a lot of data at it. Yeah, like and, look at this, look at this, look and at all this, these nodes this, 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 interact, this, this, this. and they develop patterns or whatever. Okay, what do you have it look like? Look at how do you teach it what images look like? You yeah. send it out on the internet. Yeah, and what's on the internet is mostly copyrighted material. But it's not being, it's not, it's not copying, it's just telling you it looks well, like this, like this, like yeah. this, this, so this, 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 and it just you, ends up a mash. There are, there are two sides to the argument. That's why it's in court right now. Um, so I have not used AI to write any of my actual content, nor do I have any intention to do so. Uh, and I think that even if there were no copyright concern, we would still need that human-to-human -human communication for it to truly be relevant. 
but marketing copy is copyright copyrightable material as well. So that's something uh, to be aware of. Uh, so it's a concern. I wouldn't want that to happen to me. I wouldn't want anything pulled down um, because it was decided to uh, to be against copyright. So copyright is a concern. I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want to run afoul of copyright law. And um, so, on the other side of the argument, you know, I'm working with stable diffusion. It can take often a great deal of human creativity and intent to extract exactly the image you're looking for. Um, but as we said, much of the computer is able to do what it does because it ingested tons of material, which much or most, most of it probably is copyrighted material. And their argument is that it's, it's fair use because it's only taking a sample here and there or, you know, taking this thing and using it just as a sample reference. So, I look anyway. like a chicken there. So, with Stable Diffusion, I prompted the AI to give me a picture of a robot, among many other things. But this picture, it took me a few dozen tries to get what I was looking for, uh, tweaking the settings, uh, using a different prompt, and in the end I found something that I could, that I could call an R-bot from my story. You know, more or less looks like what I was looking for. And I think it looks pretty cool and menacing, which was the intent. And, but the thing is, I posted Arbot on these different platforms on Patreon, on Ko-Fi, or Coffee it's pronounced, I guess, um, with this image. Oops. So now, to play it safe, I'm going to draw my own robot and replace that image with my new one. I don't want to run afoul. And uh, I don't want to have my works pulled due to potential copyright infringement. So uh, if you already saw that robot, I hope you liked it. And uh, you'll see a different one in the future when I get there. And I have some more things to say about Gohamasp that uh, Rose wanted to get into. But we'll leave that until after the narration segment. Without further ado, our bot. Arbot, Petrov's Betrayal, by T.S. Pedramon. Read for you by the author. Created June 25th, 2021. Revised March 2023. Back in those days, everyone wanted one. Sure, why not get a personal assistant? Not, not like a digital assistant but a physical personal assistant, like with arms and legs. Somebody who could talk to you face to face, clean the house, do the laundry. Why not? I mean, that's the point of technology, right? To make life easier? To make life better? As it happened, Russia was as it happened, it was Russia that started the... As it happened, it was Russia that started mass-producing the first reliable, fully functional, physical personal assistance. If it had happened a couple of decades prior, nobody would have seen it coming. It would have to be Japan or China, 
possibly the US, but the technology wasn't really there yet in those days. And Russia really made a comeback since those days. I mean, it started with their hackers, of course. Everyone remembers the hackers from the teens and the 20s, but no, we're not talking about hackers. Those, those were people sitting behind keyboards. Those, of course, there's also the invasion of Ukraine they initiated in February of 22. The hackers faded into the background during that war, but when Russia was ultimately repelled and they slowly started recovering from their train wreck of self-mutilation, the hackers started gaining more notoriety again. But those were people sitting behind keyboards. We're talking about machines here. Machines who move like people not people who operate through machines. No, these, these personal assistants... Of course, every country had their own take on it. Uh, Japan had theirs. Japan was the first one to come out with one, though it wasn't as good as the Russian one. Of course. It's just that once the technology was established, everyone had theirs. Korea was another one, obviously. Koreas were really popular there for a few years and China's, despite concerns about data collection. Now, who wouldn't want one? And then, you know, trying to produce the most affordable ones. But it was... It was Russia's that really, really changed the scene. The Arbots, they were called. Or, technically, the Arbots. A uh, backwards R and a capital B-O-T. I mean, I guess these are characters in the Cyrillic script. I don't know. I, I don't speak Russian. But, I mean, who wouldn't want a personal assistant? Makes life easier. So then when Russia started shipping millions of these every year, everyone thought it was great. Everyone thought, you know, Russia had shifted their focus. That they weren't... They weren't trying to hack everybody anymore. I mean, this was the late 30s. Times had changed. The Russians' hackers. The Russia's hackers had calmed down some years prior. That's true. That Russia's hackers had calmed down some years prior is true. And then Russia had shifted their focus to hardware and producing a high-quality product. They became known for building good cars and gained that reputation quickly. The Russian economy had taken off. And then there were the Arbots. Very high quality build, not like some of the Chinese knockoffs. Somewhat like some of the Japanese ones, but the Russian ones were cheaper. I mean, if you get similar performance from two different products, why not go with the cheaper one? And they were sturdy, they lasted, at least I assume they're still going strong, even today. But then a few years in, I... I don't know. Golubev, the guy they voted in after Putin finally lost enough favor for his Ukraine fiasco to finally actually lose an election, seemed ambitious on behalf of his homeland. Golubev and his gang, they made some offhanded comments, made some confusing comments at press conferences talking about the Arbots. And you know, people in the States like to joke about and, and call them robots or Arbots. But properly, they're called Yovots, I guess. At least that's how they were marketed in English 
at least as our bots. But so these comments from Golubev and his groupies, if you will. I mean, if we had understood at that time, the whole world would have been alarmed. Of course, the Arbots are best on the market, he says. Of course, they're, they're designed that way. They allow you to set it and forget it. You tell the Arbot what you want it to do, it takes care of the rest. And they just, I mean, I guess the point was to sell a good solid product that behaved appropriately, get people hooked and dependent, telling their friends to buy one too. But then, oh, okay, I, I mean, I... I know a little bit of Russian. I don't speak it, but I can read a few things now. I learned. Couldn't back in those days, but I learned. We all learned. So I mean, it was a marketing ploy, right? It was genius that the Arbot, I mean, it's just like you got an R switched around backwards and you're missing an O and it's a robot. Of course, it's a robot. But the backwards R, it's not just a backwards R. And the, the letter in Russian sounds like Y. It sounds like Y. Or something like that. And it means I, the grammatical first person, me. Is what it meant. I am, is what it meant. And the bot, or uh, uh, volt. It sounds like the word vote, except you spoke it through a straw. Try to speak it through a straw. Uh, volt, almost, the way some people pronounce it. So, so volt means here. Or look. Or behold. And in Russian, you skip over. I'm, I mean, in Russian, I guess I don't know if they even have the word to be. They must have something, but when you say, I am here... You just say, I here. And that's what Arbot meant in the end. I mean, you volt. I am here. I exist. I am. The things were sentient, okay? Except apparently they had some hard-coded instructions. Something like execute order 66 or something, if you watch Star Wars. If anyone has a copy of Star Wars these days. I mean, I, I guess there's all that that's all there is to it. Suddenly, they all went crazy one day. Told people, like, they told their masters that they were now the masters. They started forcing people to work, all for Russia's benefit. Punishing them if they didn't. So many people died that first day. All we can do is hope that we can find the chink in Russia's armor, in Russia's supply chain, or in their infrastructure, and somehow sabotage the Arbuts to save us all before our will is crushed before our spirit is gone. For now, I hide in the forest like the coward I was when I ran away from my Arbot. I was only fortunate enough to get away because he... It... 
was in the shop for maintenance. It was still the early days of the occupation. That's what it is, right? And they were spread thin enough that he... Sorry again. It was the only one watching me. So when it was in for maintenance, I was left unsupervised. You'll have to forgive my confusion, still lasting today. He worked for me without complaint for three and a half years. I thought I might actually consider him my best friend. His name was Petrov. I was going to call him Peter after this rock from the Bible because he was strong and, I, I thought, loyal. But Petrov instead of Peter because he was Russian. I should have called him Judas. Sor sorry. It. I should have called it Judas. Thank you for listening to my recording of Arbot today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you liked that, you may enjoy some of these books by other authors. Uh, disclaimer, I haven't had the time to read these myself. However, they do sound interesting, and I wouldn't mind cracking one open. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see these book covers appear on screen. Um, and this is something that authors do. We, we share other authors' work. And, you know, it's a rising tide lifts all boats. So, I... Here we are. So, I, I forgot what I was going to do. I was going to skip over to my newsletter. I'm, I'm literally reading this out of my newsletter because I, I shared this in my newsletter a few days ago with, with my subscribers. Uh, so, check out the following. There's The Never Air by Courtney Millicam. Uh, Charlie Tootles Tulane risked everything to break the spell, building the lost, the spell, binding the lost boys to Pan and escape Neverland. Now 17 and living in 1923 London, Charlie's freedom from the land of fairy has never felt better, but even the noblest of actions have consequences. Neverland demands a leader, and without one, chaos spills into the mortal world. Next up is Synapses by D.J. Erfurt. Listening to other people's thoughts can be fatal. After a horrific car crash, uh, after a horrific car crash, Rab's Gabriella Williams of all her robs. <laughs> okay, synapses by D. J. Erfurt. You want you want to read this one? Okay. Um, synapses by D. J. Erfurt again. Listening to other people's thoughts can be fatal. After a horrific car crash, Rob's Gabriella Williams of all her memories. She works to rehab her legs while trying to regain her lost power of speech and to remember her husband, who walked away from the wreck uninjured. While still in rehab, Gabby finds herself at the receiving end of a murderous plot. With with the help of her roommate's uncle, Jace Wright, a DCE Hale security guy, the deadly scheme is foiled, but she's still in danger from a, a, an obscure, unknown threat. Together, Gabby and Jace struggle to eliminate the real threat, a woman with seemingly unlimited power, before Gabby's world comes to an end. Next I think up, I'll read that one. Next up is Talon and the Tree by Stephanie Dos Santos. An island's sacred tree hides a portal to an underground world full of mystical energies. 
and the shocking truth that local superstitions are much more than just myths, as a forgotten legend awaits revival. When Talon, a bullied outcast, unexpectedly plunges into the portal and is chosen to fill the long vacant role of island healer, the reluctant teen must make a difficult decision. Accept his destiny, or let the power that comes with it fall into the evil hands of his rival who believes he is the next healer. But only one youth can claim the decades-old title, and the battle won't be easy. You want to take another one? Yeah. Luna by Relvin Gonzalez. Gonzalez, if you speak Spanish. Have you noticed that it is often the inspirational people who die? They suffer some unexpected death, and the world moves on as another shiny piece of news flashes before our eyes. One by one, we lose our mentors, and as we scramble to find solace in something else, that too disappears. What if there was a movement behind this? an old force dedicated to skew and nudge Earth's future through time. They have been watching us, studying us, sending their best to take out our best. And one more book suggestion for today. Uh, in case fantasy is not your thing, then try Late Blight in the Koolaus by Jordan P. Barnes. Seven years after pleading not guilty by reason of insanity, Avery West agonizes over the reality that his time at the Hawaii State Hospital is ending. He can't imagine a life beyond the confines of his psychiatric facility, even if his schizophrenic symptoms are finally in remission. But having spent most of his adult life surviving with mental illness, he has found stability and is terrified of losing everything he's fought for. Yet despite his reservations, Avery's treatment team, Avery's treatment team insists he's ready to move on with his life. After becoming the newest addition to a local sober home, Avery struggles to adapt to a world that fears and views him as damaged goods. Any slip-up will see him hospitalized again, tearing him away from a daughter who's, who deserves to have her father back. But when he becomes involved with a co-worker who believes Western medicine has failed him to no end, Avery toys with the idea of what life in a perfect world would look like. Faced with controlling his destiny, can he hold it together? Or will he spiral into rapid decline? Okay. Now, uh, back to kind of what's going on with us. I shared Arbot with my newsletter subscribers. Wait! I said subscribers. So if you're on YouTube right now, go ahead and hit that bell to subscribe to this channel. If you're listening to audio... What's that, Rose? Cheesy. Cheesy. Everybody says that. Yeah, because it's important. If you're listening to audio... Subscribe if you haven't already. Please rate and review the podcast. Share it. Let others know because that will really help me out. Uh, again, I'm trying to build a new living. Because um, they don't need to know the details. This just I worked through all the details, um, weighed the options. Anyway, so share this with other people. Let them know that we're here uh, because I'm going to have some really interesting books they don't exist yet, but they will. Just wait. And so subscribe. Subscribe to the newsletter so that you will know when they exist. So go to thorn.link slash grendhill slash newsletter. I'll make that easier. Uh, in fact, if you just go to thorn.link slash grendhill, on the left there, there's a, a sign-up dialogue. Uh, so subscribe to the newsletter so you can catch little freebies like Arbot. In fact, when you subscribe you will be emailed the password to read Arbot online. 
plus you'll be in the in-group to learn when I publish anything. So, back to what I was saying. I shared Arbot with my newsletter subscribers a few days ago, and my dad said he liked it. He texted me asking for more. Uh, and I, I love that. A couple of months ago, um, when I published the podcast, my sister texted me the next day. Was it the next day? Anyway, she texted me like, hey, I watched your podcast. When's the next one? Oh, I love it. So my dad, excuse me, my dad texted me and asked if there was more. I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> I want more Arbot too. You just left it hanging. So, um, I did leave it hanging. And like I said before we read the narration, it's, it's not truly a story, is it? It's really just a concept. This guy is narrating, talking about events, but nothing happens during the narration. Um, yeah, but I like details. So do I. I just haven't written them for this. Uh, so that, the fact that my dad was looking for more, coupled with what I'm going to say next, got me thinking a bit. So the seasoned author that I was emailing who critiqued my blurb also critiqued its genre. In short, nobody's looking for misfit superheroes. Um, many of you have probably seen the old movie Mystery Men. I say old because at this point it's like 20 years old. Uh, Mystery Men, um, Ben Stiller, some other guys, uh, you know, the, the dad from Jurassic Park 3. But yeah, I saw it and I wasn't really looking for more. It, it wasn't that wonderful of a movie. And I, nothing against ben, ben Stiller. I love Night at the Museum. I love, uh, what's it called? The Secret Life of, oh, what's the name? Anyway, and there was an old version of that, too. Ben Stiller's version is better. They're very different movies. It's like not, not even a remake. It's just a different movie entirely. Um, nothing against Ben Stiller, but Mystery Men wasn't that great of a movie. Now, me, I had my vision, and then later I remembered this movie, Mystery Men, but I think my vision is different. I do see the similarities between it and Gohamasp, misfit superheroes with nearly useless superpowers. Um, I think mine's different. I think... His is better. I think you could dislike Mystery Men and really love Gohamasp. His is better. But he's right. Hmm. This author I'm emailing is right because nobody's looking for it. I am. I, could I write, like that sort of story. I could write an amazing book and it doesn't matter how great it is. If nobody is looking for it and nobody cracks it open because they're like, yeah, that was kind of a dumb idea. Seeing that one. Don't need, need another. Well, so what do I do now? I mean, do I take Arbot and write it into a full novel? Do I dive into to Grand Hill yes, and do that? So the thing is, the, the, the reason why I paused Grand Hill was because it's involved and I see it taking a lot more time and I'm trying to build I'm trying to build a new living uh, which means getting out there and getting gaining a following um, I, I can't I can't run out of income today and then publish a book tomorrow and expect that to work uh, 
It's possible, whatever. It's not going to happen. Um, it takes time to, to, to get word of mouth and, and get reviews on my books so that people are watching for the next book. So people are buying my books. And even if I had a great book and had a great month, um, oh, here are the toddlers here. I can't, I can't expect that. Like you can't have a great month and have that last you for the next six months. Uh, I need to build back matter. I need to have my previous books existing so that people can buy those. Um, so my thinking was that I can write Gohamas faster than, than Grant Hill. Yeah. Um, it's a little Hawthorne. This guy. Adorable. I can... Okay, okay. The jig is up. We have, we have kids. Podcast. Um, so... So the, the thing with, with, with Grand Hill is it's really involved. In fact, I have this other, this other uh, series in Grand Hill's ancient past in mind that needs to set the stage for Grand Hill to occur later on. Um, Which is and years from now. But... I feel like I, I want to write both of them before I publish either one. I don't think I'll actually publish do Grand that. Hill first. Anyway, so I don't know. Like Grand Hill, I want to, but I don't have time. I need I need funded time to work on it. And it's a it's a whole party. Yep. So do I do I dive into the Grand Hill Chronicles? Do I write Nightshade Unicorn? Uh, do I write uh, one of my mid grade series that I have yes, in mind? Please, please, There's please. I have a kid who can sew superhero costumes, and they impart that superhero's power to the wearer. Um, I have another one, Bridging Worlds, and uh, but I think okay, we're coming, we're coming. So, what do you what do you think? Should I? I think I need to listen to this guy and and write in a serious genre that's going to take going to be taken seriously. And yeah, I can be funny doing it if if that's what the book calls for. But I need to I need to write a book that people are going to buy. You can um, publish Gohamas with um with James well, cuz well, I James? Could, yeah. We, we, we oh, can include like uh, comic with the, book pages. With the kid superhero. We can include like comic book pages um, that tell the story of Gohan. I would love to do like a graphic novel. Can't do that at this time. We don't have the resources. Um, and I think I need to publish in the genre that I need to be known for. I need to publish in my serious genre first. Um, because that's what's going to help build the business. And I can do funny things later, after I already made a name. I was thinking, you know, I have Gohamas. It's going fairly well. I can go ahead and start serializing it on um, uh, Kindle Vela. And I want to. But I, I need to establish my name. Not even my name. T.S. Pedramon, which is my name, but it's not my name. Um... I need to establish that name as a serious author. 
people people have published things like Gohamas and become very popular. Look at Rick Riordan. Look at all his middle grade books. But they have the same feel to them. But is Percy Jackson a comedy? Or does it have comedic elements in a larger story? You know, it's, it's Gohamas sort of isn't hard to tell. Really a com? Well, I don't know. I haven't even finished writing the thing, so I, I don't know stuff. what shape it's truly going to be in. But so far, it looks a lot like Percy Jackson. So tell us story. Yeah. So tell us what you think. Um, you want to see Arbot as a full novel? Actually, I had yesterday. I had the idea for the sequel to Arbot, and I haven't even written the first one. I I wrote a concept. Uh, it's barely, um, it's barely twelve hundred words. Um, so Arbot as a as a full novel, or Grendhill, or a space sci-fi that I have in mind, or um, Nightshade Unicorn, uh, which I haven't said at all what that's about. So how could it's you about a unicorn? That? Yeah. Anyway, but it's not the typical unicorn. Story. We're gonna sign out. Bye. Bye, and uh, thanks to my uncle for the decor. And he didn't look do that for, for us, seven he... little stars. Hopefully, within the next year. I promise. Weird happens. I promise that Sands did not pay me for this free advertising. Um, it just happened. I need to cut that out because the people listening to audio only can't see. Well, now they can hear me explaining it. There's a box back there. That's from this is Sands, the Sands Institute, um, from cyber training. Anyway, we'll catch you on the next one. And remember, look for seven little stars. Hopefully, in the next year. It's a children's book.